Hello, and welcome to the Graceful and Gritty podcast. My name is Sydney. I'm your host. I'm a wife, business owner, lifelong learner, and follower of Jesus. I was born and raised in Colorado and live here with my wonderful husband of six years. I'm passionate about people and have a knack for business. My hope is that we can learn together about doing life with grace and grit. We'll talk about all things life from faith and finance to business and balance. My prayer is that this will be a place of help, encouragement, honest conversation, and authentic growth. Thank you for joining me. Hi, friends. I hope that you are having a great week. Um, We are headed into 4th of July weekend. So I know many people are excited to spend time with family and friends and um, celebrating Independence Day. So looking forward to heading into the weekend. Um, this is the first time I've had time to just sit down and talk to you this week. I've been kind of meeting myself coming and going and I actually, um, took yesterday off. So I unplugged my phone and turned off everything and, um, just took a day to rest and be, and it was really good. So back to being productive and getting things done. Um, some friends of ours had a grand opening for their business today. So we were celebrating that. Um, we've got some rain coming through again, which is just so nice because we need it and my garden loves it. Um, my strawberries were growing beautifully and then the wild bunnies found them. And the ultimate like insult was I went out yesterday morning to water the plants and I was looking around for all my strawberries cause they were gone. And I found one that was ripped off the vine and it was half eaten. Like he took one bite of it and then dropped it on the ground. I was like, no, never mind. That's not good enough for me. And, uh, so I'm still salty about that, but, um, Yeah, so it's been a busy week, but a good week, and I'm excited to spend some time with you this afternoon. Um, Today's episode is called 10 Lessons from the Barnyard, and it's a little bit lighthearted, fun. Uh, Hopefully, it will be helpful and encouraging to you. I just kind of got to thinking, uh, I enjoy our animals so much. We've got chickens, rabbits, goats, dogs. And I may have been up at two o'clock in the morning the other morning because I woke up and I couldn't sleep and I was looking at Cooney Cooney pigs. Um, <laughs> anyway, and there's, you know, we might get an alpaca down the road. Uh, I would like, so both of our goats are male pygmy goats and they're more like dogs than they are goats. So they've got collars on them and they come when they're called and goldfish is their favorite treat, but I would like to get a milk goat down the road. Um, so that's what I've been bugging Drew about lately, but so I think we have, let's see, we've got, so we've got two dog, two goats, two dogs, three rabbits, 12 hens and rooster. So that pretty much completes our menagerie or mini farm or whatever it is, but they're, these animals are so much fun to watch. Uh, they're just funny and entertaining and they have personalities and, uh, it's one of my escapes. It's one of the things that's just very cathartic for me is taking care of the animals and uh, I enjoy it. I enjoy having the living things and watching them and honestly learning from them. And so today I'm just going to share 10 lessons from the barnyard. So just 10 things that I've observed and that are just really good life lessons. Uh, So number one, to everything there is a season. And I feel like we've kind of been talking about that topic for a little while now, pretty consistently. Um, you know, we talked about there's a time to rest and a time to play and a time to build up and a time to 
tear down and we all go through different seasons in our life and we're we're flourishing and we're bringing forth fruit or we're sowing seed or we're dormant for a time and that's true in the animal kingdom as well to everything there is a season whether it's sleeping eating having babies growing running around taking naps taking dust baths cleaning themselves whatever it is all of the animals in the barnyard there's a time for everything and it's never hurried or rushed because there's time for everything and a time for everything and so that's the first lesson from the barnyard the second one is that everyone has a purpose and a job this applies especially to the chickens, right? Because they're a unit. They they work together, um, eat together. They've got, it's called a pecking order. And so when they get old enough, they start fighting and the rooster's at the top. And then there's one favorite hen. And then it goes down the rung of the ladder after that to the very bottom hen. And all of the hens and the rooster are allowed to pick on the bottom hen but she can't pick on anybody or she gets in trouble. And then it goes up, up the chain all the way to the top. And so the, the lead hen or the, I don't know what they call her. If there's like a specific queen hen, I don't know. Uh, once she gets like, she can do whatever she wants because she's the, the king roosters, right hand woman. And so it's very interesting because we raised these from chicks where they were just a few weeks old. They started in our bathroom with the heat lamp, moved them into the living room, into the garage outside, and then finally to the pen that they're in now. And they're pretty self-sufficient, pretty easy to take care of, which I really like. Um, Not very complicated, but everyone has a purpose and a job. So there's a specific order and there's a specific role that each one of those chickens is in. They know what it is and they know what's expected and they know what to do. Now, from time to time, if a chicken dies or the rooster decides he has a new favorite, then the pecking order can get rearranged and people are or chickens are assigned to a new role or a new job and their order in their little universe is different, but they have a place and they have a job. And if, if we are created with a purpose, then God didn't just throw us on the planet with no plan and no reason for being here. So we've all got a purpose and a job that we're here for, that we're supposed to be fulfilling, that we're supposed to, and it's not supposed to be a secret where we can't figure it out and it's murky and we're not really sure. God says, seek me with all your heart and you will find me. And the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And so he tells us throughout scripture that we can know the path that we're supposed to be on and live and be fulfilled in that path. And so everyone Every single one of us has a purpose and has a job to do. And if you don't know what that is and you need to figure it out, then today's a great day to stop and do that, to sit down and ask the Lord what he would have you to do, where he would have you to be, and how he would have you to do it. And usually it's going to take you to some unexpected places and on some unexpected adventures because... uh, I think God has bigger dreams for us than we sometimes have for ourselves. And God always has better dreams for us than we have for ourselves because he said it's better than anything that we could ask or imagine because the purpose that he's given us and the job he's given us to do, we're tailored for it and it to us. And so all of our strengths and all of the things that we bring that make us uniquely us are the things that are going to help us be able to be wildly successful in the things that God has called us to do. 
and we can live in that and we can be fulfilled in that. And it's going to fill your life with so much purpose and so much joy and so much peace that even when the monkey wrenches and the challenges and the hard things get thrown in, it's okay because God's given you the equipment and the tools you need in order to be able to fill your purpose and your role. The third lesson from the barnyard is that taking care of each other helps everybody. Sometimes you see the chickens and they're giving each other dust baths or, or you know, like helping each other. So they dig these really shallow holes and they throw up dirt and dust everywhere. And that's how they take a bath. Or, um, you know, the goats, when it's nighttime, they're, they sleep, but there's predators out there. We've got coyotes that come through. We think it was a bear that carried off half of our flock uh, I don't know, six or eight weeks ago. Um, we're not entirely sure, but something ate half of our chickens all at once. And so um, we do have some predators out here. You know, there's hawks and snakes. We've actually got like the duel of the two snakes in the garage right now because I've got a garter snake that I really like because he eats the mice. And then I've got a rattlesnake. And anyway, I think they're both in there right now. So I've been not going out in my sandals, but <laughs> I for sure saw the garter snake and then Drew said he saw the rattlesnake. So there's lots going on, but there are predators. And when at night, our goats will typically take turns sleeping where one of them will be awake and keeping guard, keeping an eye on things. And the other one gets to sleep and then they get to take turns. And so the third barnyard lesson is that taking care of each other helps everybody. When the flock is healthy for the chickens, when the rabbits are healthy, then they're able to eat. They're able to bring in food. They're able to take care of each other. And so uh, we aren't meant to do life in isolation. Um, we are meant to do life in community. That's how God created it. Whenever he looked down on his creation and he saw that Eve, Adam was alone, he said that that wasn't a good thing. And he created Eve so that they could be in community together and in communion with God. And they multiply. The Bible says, that they were told to multiply and to fill the earth and that as the church body, we're not supposed to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We're supposed to come together and do life and have our lifestyle and our conversation together. We are meant to do life in community. And when we can help take care of each other, it helps take care of everybody. And you see that, I think the most poignant example in the scripture is in the New Testament church in Acts, where it says they had all things in common. So if somebody had something extra, then they found somebody who needed something extra and vice versa, because we all have different things and need different things and are different seasons in our life with different things going on. And so at that season in the church, that church family, that church body was helping to meet the needs and take care of each other. And that's different in different seasons. And I think that you've got two distinctly different types of people in that scenario. Usually you have the caretakers, you've got the care, like the ones that are the caregivers, the ones that are actively consistently showing up and giving and doing things. And then you've got the other ones that are the takers. And they're consistently the ones that are benefiting from that, but not contributing to that. And so um, it's better when we help each other, not just one way, when we take care of each other. And so um, don't ever just be that person that's take, 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 take. And, and don't also ever be that person that just give, 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 because God didn't intend for it to be that way. He said that it was supposed to be balanced and that we're supposed to have that in our lives. It says a just weight is his delight. And back then everything was weighed 
you know, money was exchanged. It was gold. It was weighted. It was specific weight for a specific thing. And the vendors and the street merchants, they would have these scales and they would have equivalent stones or weights for the amount of what they were selling. And the, the shysty ones would fix the weights so they were incorrect, like maybe just a little bit off, but always in their favor. And they would take the additional money and God said, that's, that's an abomination. That's a horrible thing to do. He said that a just weight and a balance is his delight. God delights in balance and in order. And we see that when we look at the stars and the constellations and the cycles of the moon and, and everything that he created is in balance with each other. And so we're not supposed to just be takers, but we're also not supposed to just be givers. And just like in the barnyard, everybody is better when they help take care of each other. So are we. We are all better when we help take care of each other and not just from a giving sense, from a taking sense as well. Sometimes I struggle with the latter part of that, where I'm a giver by nature that fills up my soul. I enjoy it. I'm a problem solver. Those are things that get me really excited, get me out of bed in the morning, things that fill up my soul. But I'm not a very good giver. Like I'm not, I'm no good at being sick. I'm no good at asking for help. I'm no good at slowing down. And those are things that I'm learning, but those aren't things that come naturally to me. And so I have to work really hard at it to ask for help or to acknowledge that I'm not superwoman and I can't do everything and be everywhere and solve every problem that ever existed. And that sounds so arrogant and silly because it is, but God is teaching me about that balance of giving and taking and being able to accept that from other people because we are better together when we can both give and take. So that's the third barnyard lesson is that taking care of each other helps everybody. The fourth barnyard lesson is that paying attention keeps everyone out of danger. Vigilance is key. That's kind of like the goats at night um, or the rooster. When So my I've got one dog that's fascinated and he's like, I am the protector of the chickens. And so he goes and he checks on them. Like, I've got to make sure these chickens are good. And he's a... Uh, he's a herding dog of some sort. He's a mutt. We rescued him and he, he, we could see all of his skin and bones. He was sleeping like 18 hours a day. He was mangy. Uh, and then after we'd had him for like three or four months, all of his fur fell out and grew back into this gorgeous coat. And he grew like 30% bigger than he was. And now he's healthy and fun and we love him. And so he's, he's like a cattle dog at heart. And so he enjoys herding the the goats and then they get tired of it and then they herd him. So sometimes he'll be chasing them around the house and then other times they'll be chasing him around the house. It's pretty entertaining. But just like the goats have to pay attention to make sure that the coyotes don't come and they keep one eye open at night and take turns standing guard, the, the rooster is the same way. And then so that's my one dog is like, oh, I'm the protector. And the other dog is like, oh, fat snacks. Like those are the biggest chicken nuggets I've ever seen in my life. And all he wants to do is eat them. Like he goes berserk and I'm pretty sure they're getting big enough now that he's actually scared of them. Like he's got a healthy fear. But back when they were smaller, I was just like, man, he's going to chomp them. They're going to, they're not going to make it if they, if he gets out. And so now they're big enough to kind of defend themselves and he's kind of a little bit scared of them and just not really sure. But the rooster, when the dogs are running around, if they're coming up to the gate, then he starts herding the chickens where he'll he'll flap his wings and he'll dance up next to them and he'll chase all of them into the, the chicken coops. So that way they're safe and protected. 
but he has to be vigilant. Uh, the other night it was raining and storming and I went outside because sometimes like I've got most of the chickens are pretty smart, but I've got like two dumb ones and they always end up outside at night or they'll be sitting on top of the outside fence or they'll be sleeping outside the fence and just dumb things that's going to get them eaten. And so I went out to go check and make sure that they were good. And they were, it turns out, even the two dumb ones were all snuggled in with the rest of the chickens. I was very pleased. And they heard me coming. They heard the gate unlatch. And they started, like, calling uh, a warning. Like, hey, there's something out there. Don't think it's supposed to be there. What do you girls think? Do we need to freak out? But they were, they were looking out for each other. Um, we have a ton of prairie dogs in our backyard. And... They're funny. They are funny creatures too. We have quail that live outside. We've got wild bunnies. Um, so we've got lots of wildlife that we get to sit and watch and, and see. And it's a lot of fun when they've got their little babies. And, you know, prairie dogs have lots of personalities too because some prairie dogs are really fat. And then when they run, it's like walking watching a rocking horse where it's not, it's very clumsy and it's, it's literally like walking watching a rocking horse flopping across the yard and it's pretty funny and then you got the ones that are like really quick like lightning and you got the ones that are really loud they've got different squeaks so the other day I was walking the dogs and sorry that's an emergency there's a flash flood warning for this area until 8 p.m okay so it says don't travel if you don't have to for the next three hours um and I don't intend to Anyway, sorry about that alarm. That was that going off. Um, anyway, so these prairie dogs, I was walking the dog the other day and I did, usually they screech at each other. So they've, they've got these sentries that peek out of their holes and they're supposed to warn the rest of the clan if anybody's coming. And I accidentally snuck up on one. I don't know if the wind was blowing the wrong direction so it didn't catch my scent or what, but I almost stepped in the prairie dog hole and he freaked out and starts screeching this screech that I've never heard before. And I started screeching a screech because I was like, oh my, I just stepped in this hole. I didn't know the prairie dog was there. We're freaking out. Um, but they've got all these sentries and all these guard posts where they're looking out for each other. They're paying attention and being vigilant. They're calling to each other if they're seeing each other in danger. And I think that's really important because in this day and age, we call that judging. And we don't like it when people call us out or warn us that we may be making a bad decision or heading in the wrong direction. Our pride gets in the way and it's hard to accept it. It's hard to hear it. It's hard to um, respond graciously to it. And so most people just don't do it because they don't want to deal with bad attitudes or pouting or arguments or pushback. But really, that's going to help keep people out of danger. Vigilance is key. The Bible says that the devil is as a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. And he's really good at it because he's had thousands and thousands of years in practice. And he's cunning and he's clever and he knows all of our human weaknesses. And that's why we need God so much. But this colony of prairie dogs is safer together. They're safer when they have somebody looking out for them and calling them out. If they're in a dangerous spot or there's something coming up that they can't see or they're in a hole that got closed because that happens from time to time where the the hole will collapse in because they've dug it out too much or the ground shifts or there's rain. And so the fourth lesson is that paying attention keeps everyone out of danger. Vigilance is key. The fifth barnyard lesson is a tough one, but a true one. And if you hear that pitter-pattering, it's officially raining now. Like these big 
beautiful raindrops and I'm so excited because it's green and alive as long as it doesn't hail because I think any strawberries I have left that would do them in that the rabbits did get to which I don't even they're probably the rabbits are probably going to get all the strawberries anyway I think I'm going to try hanging baskets next year um, anyway, this next lesson is one that's a little bit more difficult, but it doesn't make it any less true. The fifth lesson from the barnyard is that death is part of life. It's a hard part of life, and it's a part of life that we don't like to think about and we don't like to talk about. Um, you know, in this culture and in the society, we've tried to really bury death. We try to keep people as far away from death as we possibly can. Uh, because I think for most, it's scary. It's unknown. It's the end. It's uh, nothingness. But the Bible teaches something very different. The Bible teaches that death is sleep for the child of God. And that death is separation for those who are not children of God. And our response is that we cover it up. We take the body and we embalm it and we put makeup on it on the most beautiful clothes until they look like they're sleeping. Like they could just sit up and open their eyes at any second. And, um, you know, if you look out in the barnyard, death is part of life. Uh, when I lost half of my flock in one night, I was really upset. I, I was really upset. Uh, and then, well, of, let's see, probably a couple months ago, it's the middle of the night and we're sleeping. And all of a sudden we hear this weird thumping noise and we're not really sure what it is. So we go out in the living room and one of my rabbits, because my rabbits live inside the house, so they're house rabbits. And two of them live in these big cages, and then one of them uh, just free roams through the house. Actually, she was, I don't know what she was doing on our kitchen table last night before last, but she left like three little pooplets on one of my placemats. And I was like, Hazel, how did you even get up here? Because she's never, to my knowledge, done that before. But we hear this thumping in the middle of the night. So we go out in the living room and one of my rabbits is caught by the neck in between the bars of the cage. I have no idea how he did it. It's never happened before. It's never happened since. But he was stuck and he was dying. His eyes were rolling around in his head and it was it was bad. And so I pulled the bars apart and Drew trying to kind of work him out and he fell down to the ground and he recovered and he was just fine, which we were really thankful for because I can't even imagine if I came out the next morning and I had a little dead rabbit hanging by its neck like, Oh, my whole heart. Or um, we have a bird that comes back every single spring and builds a nest on our back porch. And she lays eggs in it and they hatch and they become big birds. And then she comes back every spring. And it's one of my favorite parts of like the seasonal cycle that we have here. But she came back this year and it was just a rough year. The first, so she laid her eggs and then there was this freak windstorm. It blew her nest off. No, no, no. Okay. So she laid the eggs. The chicks hatched. They were literally two or three days old. Freak windstorm comes, knocks down the nest. I thought they were dead. My husband rescued them, but two of them didn't make it and one of them did. So we got him all put back together again, got the nest put back up, put him back in it. Mama bird accepted him back. We were really excited. And then just a couple weeks ago, he was learning how to fly. He got his legs stuck in like a piece of wool that she'd woven into the edge of the nest as he was trying to jump out of the nest so he could fly. And it caught on his leg and just just popped the whole thing out. And I'm not going to go into like graphic detail because it's pretty disgusting. But we found him on the ground and we brought him in, took him down to the animal, the bird rescue rehabilitation place and... Um, she tried her very best to save him, but the leg was snapped really bad. 
And because of all the landing and taking off, they don't do well with no without one leg. It tends to break the other one down really quickly, and they tend to be in a lot of pain and can't really fly very well. So they don't usually make it very long, and it's very painful. So she euthanized him, and we were really sad about that. Or uh, we were doing some yard work, and we found uh, mouse's nest that had been ripped apart by some sort of predator, and there was these this little baby mouse. And mice in my house die. Okay, like we've got mouse traps. <laughs> if they're in my house, it's war. But if they're outside, that's where they're supposed to be. And we, you know, we're, we're friends. So we brought it and we tried to save its life, tried to keep it alive with a little bit of goat's milk. And uh, it also died. So that's just been this spring. And that doesn't even count the, I think we've killed two rattlesnakes so far this season. Um, yeah, two, maybe three. Anyway, so, I mean, some of that's been heartbreaking and sad because, I mean, we named the bird, too. Like, he was Melvin. He was our bird. And we really wanted him to be okay and to make it, and he didn't. Uh, when those predators ate half of my flock all at once, and they ate my two favorite chickens, I was really sad. But in the barnyard, death is part of life. It's part of the cycle is there's birth. And there's growing and there's death. And that's just part of it. Um, but if if you're a child of God, it's just part of life. And death is a beautiful part of life because the Bible says, Precious in the eyes of the Lord is the death of his saints. He, God says, that's precious to me. Like I, I cherish the moment when I get to call you home. Because that's a beautiful and a wonderful and a precious thing. Um, and if you are not a child of God and death scares you and you're frightened by it and you try to push it off and ignore it and not think about it, you don't have to be afraid. Um, you can know, the Bible says that you can know that you have eternal life and, and that the life is in the son of God, Jesus Christ. And so that's the fifth lesson. It's a hard one and it doesn't, it, I mean, it still makes you sad, right? But death is a part of life and it's part of the cycle that that we have. And the death of a saint or somebody who's saved or knows the Lord is precious and it opens us up. We only pass through the valley of the shadow of death and we get to join Christ in everlasting life. And I'm thankful for that hope. I'm thankful for that joy. I'm thankful for that peace because it means no matter what storms come our way or what challenges or burdens, it's okay because we are passing from death unto life and life everlasting. And God's really good like that. The sixth barnyard lesson is that the beauty of life is usually found in small moments. That is why having animals and like a miniature farm and being outside and cleaning, making sure everything is clean and that they're fed and cared for um, is really cathartic because really all those big, beautiful things are, are in, found in like these little moments. Um, for example, when our rooster first started learning how to crow, hilarious, like tier one comedy because he scared himself the first time he made the noise. And it was it was like a boy going through puberty where it didn't even sound right. And it kind of cut off at the end and squeaked. And he couldn't figure out where that noise came from and why. And so it was really funny to watch him learning how to crow just little by little by little and to get better at it. 
But the beauty of life is usually found in the small moments. It's found in those moments of joy, in those moments of quiet, in those moments of peace that just make you laugh or make you relax or make you appreciate the life that you've been given. Um, Our dog, the one that was a rescue dog, he was badly abused before we got him. And so it took a while for him to calm down and be comfortable around us. And he was very afraid of fans, doorways, and paper towel rolls, like the empty, the the cardboard roll part of it. So for example, if I was in the kitchen and I pulled the last of the paper towels off the roll and I had the cylinder, I would take it off the holder. And he would, if he was laying in the kitchen, because he likes to follow us around or hang out where we're at, then all of a sudden he would jump up and he would start peeing and running around wherever he was at because he was freaking out. And I remember the first, you know, after a while we quit, you know, lifting the rolls up around him because we didn't have to clean up pits all over the floor all the time. But then as he got better and as he became more comfortable and felt more at home, he quit doing that. And I remember the first time, like I pulled it up off because I forgot that he was there and I turned around and he was still just laying on the floor looking up at me like, hey, mom. And he was just relaxed and smiling. And that was a beautiful moment because he'd gotten over so much of his fear and so much of his past. Um, But the beauty of life is found in those small moments. Like we've got, we planted some seeds in our garden and some of them are sprouting and they're putting out their first little leaves. And we're like, oh, we grew that. We grew that. We, We did that. And obviously like we just put it in some dirt. So there wasn't much, but there's pride in that where, hey, like I had a hand in doing that. We're, um, our chickens haven't started laying yet, but I'm hoping it's getting close because that's going to be, I'm so, I can't wait till I have to go and gather eggs every day. Like I already have a basket and like egg holders. I'm just, I'm ready and I'm really excited. And so <laughs> the beauty of life is usually found in small moments. When you've got a bunch of animals, you could, when you sit and appreciate and pay attention, like we don't have a lot of hummingbirds where we're at. It's pretty dry. It's kind of semi-arid, deserty. And we planted the garden and I planted a bunch of tiger lilies. The other morning I was out there watering early. When it's really hot, I tend to water er- really early or really late. And it was early in the morning and all of a sudden I heard the bzzz, like the very distinct sound of a hummingbird. And the hummingbird flew in and he was checking out all the lilies. And I was so happy in that. And so those beautiful moments are found. Number seven in lessons from the barnyard is that sometimes you just have to fight it out. And I know that might sound funny, but animals actually fight a lot for a lot of different reasons. Uh, You're sitting in my spot. I wanted to eat that rock. Um, I I bored you, you aggravated me. You looked at me funny. You were taking a nap when I wasn't taking a nap. Uh, I wanted to perch right where you're perching. Um, you, you're getting too close to the spot where I buried the bone. All of my animals fight. My dogs, my rabbits, my goats, my chickens, they all fight, um, pretty regularly. We don't get bent out of shape. We don't worry about it. That's part of life. But they figure it out and then they go back to helping each other and caring for each other and having the purpose in a job and and those beautiful moments. But there are definitely moments where they fight and they fight it out. But what's really interesting is once they're done, they're done. And and sometimes it takes a while. Like my goats will get going and I mean, they'll hit each other's heads and they hit each other hard. It gives me a headache just watching them. 
but it's also a lot of fun because they get up on their hind legs and they dance back and forth and they make weird noises and sometimes they get their horns locked together and um, it's extremely entertaining. I th- it's better than TV, really. And my phone's about to die. Let me grab my charger really quick. Okay, I'm really glad I caught that about my phone because it would have just turned the internet off and I would have recorded the rest of this podcast without being connected. So I would have lost it and then I would have... I don't know what, I would have been sad. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so sometimes you just have to fight it out. And all of the animals on our little, on our little farm and in the barnyard are all fighting. But once they're done, they're done. But they work it out. And I think that's really important because sometimes we think that a mark of godliness is not fighting. And I don't agree with that. I think that having open, honest, respectful conversations, having disagreements, learning to listen to the other side, listening to think critically, listening to learn, figuring out solutions through the lens of the word of God, those are important things. Those are worth fighting for. Those are worth having conversations about, Um, you know, in relationships, like my husband and I were both individual human beings and we have thoughts and ideas and opinions that are each individually our own, but we've joined and committed to doing life together. But that doesn't mean that we automatically just wake up with a hive mind and we're like, Hey, everything is going to be the same. And we're going to have the same thoughts and the same ideas and the same opinions and the same way of going about things. No, we have to constantly balance each, each of those things out. And sometimes we don't get along because I have an idea or I have a plan and then it doesn't go the way I want because he's got an idea or he's got a plan or he thinks it should be done a certain way that's stupid and not the way I want it to be done. Obviously, my way is just better. I'm, I'm being facetious there. But I think a healthy, dynamic, growing relationship leaves room for fighting it out. Sometimes you just have to fight it out. I think um, that's how it is with siblings. I mean, we used to fight like man, we would fight. And siblings can get to your last nerve with like the accuracy of a Navy SEAL. You know, like they just aim and they're like pew and then they're just on your last nerve and then then they snap it. And sometimes they do it just for fun. Um, And so sometimes it's tough with siblings, but you are still best friends. Like you get done with that and you're still like going on about your day together and you're telling, you know, like you're, my sisters and I shared a room. So there's three of us in one room. And uh, I'm the oldest of seven siblings, so there's a whole bunch of us. And sometimes we just had to fight it out. And I think there's something that's healthy about that. Not fighting just for the sake of fighting, but working through things and having tough conversations and being bold and speaking the truth are all really important things. And they are part of nature. They are part of life. Life lesson number eight from the barnyard. There's power in numbers. And this kind of goes back to the being vigilant and being on guard. But many of the animals that we have are herd animals, right? Like, for example, rabbits. Rabbits live and move and be together. Uh, Goats don't do well by themselves. They need to be in a herd. They need to have companionship. Chickens definitely need to be together in a herd. And there is power in numbers. Um, When you can build a community and you have those deep connections where you're giving and taking and taking care of each other the way we talked about and everybody has a purpose and a job and they're they're, we're fighting things out and we're looking out for each other and we're calling things out and we're appreciating the beauty and we're understanding that there's times and seasons. We're supposed to be doing those things together because we're better together. And there's there's power in numbers. There's power in there's influence in numbers, being able to raise your voice and share an opinion and be of like mind. Bible says, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. And 
He talks about loving one another and serving one another. And so there's power in numbers. We aren't created to be the lone wolf. And I know people are like, oh, I'm just the lone wolf. And, and, and you know, God didn't create us to be that way. If he did, then I'd be all for it. Because honestly, I'm, I don't know if I'm an extrovert or an introvert at this point. I think I'm just confused because I just have no clue. But I can be both. But I need both. I need that connection. I need those 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 time with each other, that time of refreshing. But I also need time by myself, apart. And I need I need that pretty often. And so, uh, you know, if God was like, "Hey, I've created you to just be by yourself," I if I had Drew with me, it was just me and Drew for the rest of forever. I'd probably be pretty comfortable with that. Um, but God didn't create us that way. And so that's not how we're supposed to live. We're not supposed to live as hermits or separate from the rest of the world or separated from people or isolated. We're not meant to live in isolation. And I think we learned that up close and personally through the COVID pandemic. I mean, suicide skyrocketed. Um, abuse, spousal abuse, child abuse went up exponentially. Alcoholism, drug use. Um, depression, anxiety, all of these things, we're seeing the numbers that came out from that time societally as, as people that need to spend time together, that wreaked havoc on people and in their lives. And, and I interview so many people that still struggle to make meaningful connections with others because they didn't, they forgot how to do it. They didn't practice and now they don't know how, or they feel awkward or out of place or, isolated. And that's so dangerous because Satan isolates us to destroy us. And that's one of the things my pastor has been preaching on lately is that God isolates us to draw us closer to him and Satan isolates us in order to destroy it. And so there's power in numbers. There's power in praying for each other and looking out for each other and calling each other out and encouraging each other and giving and taking for each other. And I think that's really important. The ninth lesson from the barnyard is that rest is important. If you've ever been on a farm or been around animals a lot, they sleep periodically a lot. Like that's a really important part of their day. And I know you're like, well, Sydney, it's different. Like they don't, their purpose isn't the same as a human purpose. And I understand that. But I think there are things that we can learn in the order of nature and the beauty of God's creation that he's given us that help make us better, more holy, more fulfilled people. And rest is important. And if, if the chickens and the rabbits taking naps every few hours and the dogs resting and the goats sleeping isn't enough, then, then study Jesus because Jesus rested a lot. The God of the universe who never gets tired rested on the seventh day as an example for us. And so rest is important, not just in the animal kingdom, but in the human kingdom as well. And it's one that I've been talking about, so I'm not going to belabor the point. And I hope you heard that thunder. That was amazing. One year. We had this really crazy electrical storm and we didn't get any rain. It was just lightning and thunder and it was crazy. And then all of a sudden, the whitest, brightest, most intense light I've ever experienced in my life flashed. It was like, and the house shook and the loudest thunder I've ever heard in my life. And my brother was living with us at the time and we both looked at each other and we're like, we better check that out. So we went outside and there was a, a prairie fire that... So the lightning, it struck the, the ground maybe like 150 feet away from the house. And it was like these flames were spreading like a little, it looked like gasoline had been poured on it. It was crazy. So we ran out there with wet towels and buckets of water and 
I felt like Little House on the Prairie, you know, when Ma Ingalls like that we're gonna lose the house, and you know, like they're they, they're trying to slosh the water, and there's buckets, and we're stomping it. <laughs> that's what I felt like. Anyway, that's what it, that big thunder reminded me of. But the ninth lesson from the barnyard is that rest is important, and the tenth and final barnyard lesson for today is life is good. Uh, it's fun on the barn in the barnyard, you know, with the goats and the chickens and the rabbits and hopefully down the road some more things, but it's fun. Life is good. There's abundance. There's life. There's thriving. There's funny incidents that happen all the time. And I'm always learning from the way they behave and the things that they do. And it's a lot of fun and I enjoy it. And just through observing those things, those are 10 lessons from the barnyard that I've learned since we started our little um, menagerie. We're still trying to come up with a name for what we want to call it. Like it's not big enough to be official. You know, we can't be like, Hey, we have a farm because I mean, we don't really, but that's like my dream is someday I want to have a whole farm. That's just everything. But, um, I'm going to have to sell some more food at the restaurant before I'm ready to do that. But those are just some life lessons that I've observed from the barnyard. And hopefully, uh, hopefully it, encouraged you and made you smile. I hope you have a great rest of your week, a wonderful 4th of July, and I will talk to you again soon. Thank you for tuning in to the Graceful and Gritty podcast. You can connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, or by email at gracefulandgritty at gmail.com. Talk to you soon.